Coming to you live from my apartment, it's Rob Has a Podcast, and now here's a guy whose podcasts are uh, slightly less dry than maggot cheese. I am Rob's sister, Nina. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our amazing race coverage here as we are talking about episode number seven of season 33 of The Amazing Race with our amazing race panel as our teams raced through Beautiful Corsica here on uh, a uh, non-elimination leg of the amazing race. Of course, uh, back with us is our chief amazing race correspondent. Please welcome Jessica Lee. Jess, how are you? Doing okay, Rob. I hope you guys are okay with me being on the stream yard. I understand I'm wearing glasses and I'm given to understand that mm-hmm. this makes people like really hideous to look at and that you know, it's almost like I shouldn't even be on camera. I could turn my camera off if it makes you more comfortable. No, quite. It's I heard quite the opposite. I heard that the glasses are sort of, uh, you know, uh, for the ladies. That's why that's uh, what Penn said in uh, the episode last night. Yeah, I mean, these things have come in handy for the ladies. <laughs> if you know what I mean? Yeah. There you All go. Right. Well, that's not what Dorothy Parker says. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, <laughs> Jess. Good to have you here back with us. And uh, of course, to talk about everything, please welcome in. Give it up for Mike Bloom. Well, hello there. It is me, the Diver Bloom. Diver Bloom, how are you? I'm good. I'm very good. I just went out looking for 10 fish. Oh, so many different colors here in Corsica. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is this right? Is this what we have? Is this correct? What? What do you mean? <laughs> These ten fish that we picked out, Jess and I, are they are they the right fish? Oh, I'm so sorry. I thought your man am I correct? Um, <laughs> no, 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 not. no, apparently no, not. Like, no, more likely no, especially the accent. Uh, but ah, uh, yeah, no, no, I'm so sorry. You mistook the Jamaican fish uh, yeah. for the Antiguan fish. So unfortunately, which one's in the EU? Yeah. Oh, that's the yes. Uh, I'm not going to give that away. What do you think I am? Some sort of cockamamie uh, handling you with kid gloves, UK judge? No, I'm Corsican. We yeah. are intense. We eat cheese with maggots in them. Corsica diver man. Uh, how come you're the only person in this leg of the amazing race that doesn't have any refreshments for us? I mean, listen, I live in a refreshment, right? Water, <laughs> water true. everywhere, and not a drop to drink. That's what they say. <laughs> I'll show you my own concoction. <laughs> Please. Uh, I'll pass. I'll pass. Okay. All right. Corsica, non-elimination, I guess as expected. I don't know. Do we think that the teams have picked up on this pattern yet? I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, I, I would yeah. have expected it. It might explain why they were just sort of like meandering through the second half of the episode. Yeah. That's the thing is that, I mean, this t- this really harkens back. I think we talked about this in a previous podcast, right? To like the OG seasons when there was always a non-elimination at final six, final five, final four, final three. And so theoretically, you could sort of say, you know, I'll run a little bit slower, maybe give it 90% instead of 100% because we know that we're going to come in last. And back in the day, there was no penalty for coming in last on a non-elimination leg. That's why they had to institute all these things throughout the years. So, I mean, I would imagine Mm -hmm. you do a bit of the math, though I do wonder, like, was it this idea of how the race could end at any time? 
right? That like they weren't necessarily told how many legs were in it. So they're like, oh, I mean, the next three could be elimination legs and we're just going to end early versus, oh, we know we're going for, you know, 11 or so legs. So therefore they have to pad it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yo row, right? <laughs> yeah. You only row once. You only, yeah. You only race once. Or unless, I mean, unless yeah. for the Globetrotters and it's yurt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you only race thrice. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because it just- was a James Bond movie, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it, w- it will be. It will be. Just at the end of the race, uh, you know, we saw where, uh, you know, Arun and Natalia and Lulu and Lala are clearly fourth and fifth place, but are still working together up until uh, they get to the Nets. Uh, did that strike you as odd? That did strike me as a little bit odd. Um, although at a certain point, you might just be feeling like this is inevitable mm-hmm. and I'm just going to enjoy the company. Yeah. Or it could be a thing like, I I think I'm going to beat these people in a foot race, which Lulu and Lala may well have felt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We saw Arun and Natalia. They came in uh, fifth place again, uh, last in uh, this group, uh, just behind uh, Lulu and Lala. But it was just but two weeks ago, Phil dressed down Arun and Natalia on the mat and they had this conversation. And will I be seeing you last in the no, next leg? you will not see us last in the next leg. Absolutely no. Okay, well, they did but keep they their didn't. promise. They did keep yeah. their promise, yes. They were not last for the next, next leg. I was about to pull out these, so that was a lie. That was last time, last season, right? They were saved like twice, I think, by non-elimination legs. Two non-eliminations and the mega leg. Mm-hmm. Right, but they were ultimately eliminated in the mega yes, leg. Yes, they well, were so. ultimately eliminated, but the mega leg was basically a cheap version of keep on racing. Okay, here's what I want. Okay, uh, we expect an elimination leg in the next leg of the Amazing Race. I want to see Arun and Natalia survive next week's episode. First, That's second, third, fourth. For. Okay. Well, did Phil make them promise? They didn't promise this time. I think I think that, you know, it's almost like, you know, once the, now they know they can walk all over Phil, you know, that, uh, that he didn't <laughs> eliminate them this time. On principle, he should have eliminated them. If I see you in the last place one more time. Now I want to see Arun and Natalia make it through next week and then get to the non-elimination leg and say, well, 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 I guess sometimes we get fourth chances. My goodness. I mean, they call themselves the cats with nine lives and like, absolutely, man. They're like uh rumple teaser. And what mm-hmm. was the other one's name? Mungo Jerry. Of course you remember it. Mungo Jerry is Rob is what very well aware of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are those the cats that steal the eggs? Uh, they were the ones that robbed that place with the big jewelry. Mm. Yeah, okay. but we know Tomcats like their primary source of sustenance mm-hmm. eggs. Yeah. Okay. Well, Arun and Natalia live to see another day here on The Amazing Race, uh, despite uh, their third last place finish of uh, season 33 of The Amazing Race. All right. Um, Let's go through the leg. Uh, Again, not the most exciting week on The Amazing Race. This was by far the worst week. Uh, I think even worse than the first two. Yeah, because I think the first two at least had some interesting things going on with like the team shuffling around and like getting to know them. This really was, and I think this was really, really hampered. Honestly, I think the the crux, the Achilles heel of this leg is the whole mechanic of the group leavings. Uh, because I think 
when you group up teams leaving after one another, it incentivizes them to stick together. And self-driving proves to be one of the big X factors when it comes to the Amazing Race, right? As we have experienced with Arun and Natalia, it can really throw teams in the front of the pack or the back of the pack if they're driving by themselves. When you essentially create an incentive and a device for teams to follow each other uh, in a group of two teams and a group of three teams, it prevents that idea of people you know, straying from the pack and getting lost and possibly throwing the, the placements into the fray. Obviously, the chief complaint about this episode is that outside of Aruna Natalia and Lulu and Lala swapping places, nothing changed between mm-hmm. the two legs in Corsica. And I do think the the main thing that's testament to that is the fact that because they left in two big groups and pretty much stuck to those two big groups for the entirety of the leg, there weren't many opportunities for teams to get out ahead or behind of those select groupings. Yeah. Jess, uh, do you think this is a matter of leg design here? I mean, some of this is leg design for sure. These weren't tasks where you might be there for a while and let the other teams catch up. It didn't seem like there was any room to be stuck at a task for more than the 15 minutes it would take for that backpack group to catch up. Like we were, we remember season 24 where this was, we'd like not to, but we do. (laughs) Unfortunately, we do. Um, where you would have the teams on like, and this is just like kind of that, but concentrated. Mm-hmm. So there was really no way you were going to be able to, you know, be really good at a task and get ahead. Like everybody did the the fish roadblock in one try, mm-hmm. fish detour in one try. Excuse me. Nobody got stuck threatening to quit the cheese, mm-hmm. although that is surprising as we'll get to. Mm-hmm. And then the roadblock, like. There was a little bit of a learning curve to it, but it yeah. was not exciting to watch and not terribly onerous on it to anybody. Well, we had Arun and Natalia and Lulu and Lala have to do it uh, a second time, but they both had to do it uh, a second yeah. time, uh, and which was, I don't know how Arun and Natalia, it looked like that Lulu and Lala went first. Did they put in the same answer as Lulu and Lala despite being wrong? Yeah, well, that that is something that I feel like this is how you game it out. Like you let the other team, like you do it with a team, and you let the other team go first. Right. And if they get it wrong, you got you another have a shot to adjust. Yeah, yeah. We don't know what so, happened. I don't know why. Like maybe they were just wrong in a different way. I didn't see which version they used. Hmm. Well, I think because their issue, right, was that they didn't divide and conquer. It was more so okay, everyone remember the sequence. I don't know how that strategy compared to what Raquel and Kayla and Kim and Penn were doing, but maybe it was this thing where. Even if, you know, Aruna and Natalia get it wrong and you're Lulu and Lala, you're sort of SOL just because, like, if you had the same answers as they did, like, there's not much deviation. You're not going to be like, maybe the zebra fish was actually a lionfish. I'm not entirely sure. But it is really like the Alpha and the Omega story of this episode, right? Is having our top two teams and our back two teams working together. And we see the exact scenarios in which you do and do not work with another team on The Amazing Race. But Jess, I thought it was way too easy to make the answers be some sort of like, you know, uh, you know color palette, like you would pick out like uh, your paint from of uh, the different uh, orders of them. Because I kind of feel like, all right, I knew I know this one and I know this one. OK, I got it. I just have to go with the one that has uh, these two in that spot. Yeah, it should have been, it should not have been multiple choice. It should have been, here is a large stack of cards with pictures of fish Put them on in them. order, right. Yeah, oh. put them in order, and here, there are a bunch in there that were not on your trip. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't make it look like the, what was it, like Brain Quest, right? Those sort of oblong cards that had trivia questions on it that you would ask people. That's what it reminded me yeah, of. Yeah, it did look like Brain Quest. Mm-hmm. And it was less so about that and more so about like slotting in. Here are 10 fish colors. Put them in the correct order. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that in every season of Amazing Race. It's not like they don't know how to do that. I don't know. Maybe they just had like they only rented the boat place for an hour and they needed to get people out of there quickly, which... You know, that's not that doesn't make for a good amazing race either. TikTok, please. I have one to drink. You know what, diver guy, can I give you a piece of my mind? You ever go on one of these glass bottom boats? You can't see anything. Hey, listen, you overrated. You have to look at what's inside the fish. You have to look (laughs) at their hearts, their souls. What do you have an x-ray? Uh, yes. Uh, no, more, more in a metaphorical sense. You know, mm. we are wise. We are the country that birthed Camus. So therefore, we know what it is like to look inside. <laughs> yeah. the well, I'm having an existential crisis over here myself. Okay? All right. I do apologize. Sorry. All right. Yeah. Aren't you a union diver guy? Don't you need a mandated break right now? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. I'm so sorry. I must go eat this. The cheese will not eat itself. Come on, maggots. Here comes Daddy. I don't know if they have maggots in them. I think it kind of does eat itself. <laughs> yeah, that's very true, actually. You have to eat it before the maggots eat it. <laughs> yep. Hey, this maggot cheese isn't going to eat itself. Or is it? <laughs> yeah, okay. That's another fun little uh, testament to bring back from the Amazing Race. Hey, isn't foreign food gross? I yeah, have them eat so the much. gross food. <laughs> right. Make, why don't you gag on this in front of the guy that made it? <laughs> it's, it's an awful trope. And... I, I mean, that guy kind of took it in stride because he's also kind of standing there like making fun of them for not being able to eat it. And I feel like if you absolutely have to go with the foreign food is gross trope, you got to be able to have someone there that is like, I'm not the gross one. You're the wimpy one because you can't do it. You're a little baby. Yeah, I think that's the trope. That's mm. the yeah, that's not the an adult baby, Mike. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think we need. I think we need a bully test judge, like someone just standing there, and be like, "You little." Yeah, those bully. are the best judges on the Amazing Race. Bullies. Pencils down, guy. Much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need the guy to be there, like you know, only the best and strongest people in our country can handle this cheese, and clearly, all of them could kick your ass. You're a little wimp. You can't even eat the maggot cheese. Yeah, I'm well, right. Ryan, Ryan, it's, it's, please, you're not the judge on this. <laughs> right. I want the patience. Yeah. I want to spend some time on this maggot cheese because it is, an, it, there are a lot of interesting things about this cheese that I feel like we need to talk yes, about. Yes, please, go on. Yet. Okay. Yeah. So this cheese is illegal in the EU. Oh, and I don't know what Corsica's like. Corsica is technically part of France, which is part Frexit. of the EU. Yeah, you heard it here first. Brexit. Yeah. Um, how are they getting away with having this cheese here? Because according to Wikipedia, it is not legal for them to be. Maybe it's not legal. The to Romulan sell it. ale of France. Could this oh. be one of those situations? I mean, that's that, absinthe. Yeah. Yeah. So this is one of those situations where it's not legal to sell it, but it's legal to make it and give it out. What is that it, like could moonshine? Corsican yeah. moonshine? Mm-hmm. I, you know moonshine. what? This, this could be this is an island, right? It's technically in international waters where things become a little more murky, much like the water itself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought that was interesting. And it is mostly the reason it is illegal is because there is a really high chance of you to contract a foodborne pathogen from eating it, which should not surprise you because it's already got parasites in it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, story checks out. 
I don't know. Maybe uh, the amazing race powers that be will uh, shed some more insight into why why maggot cheese? Why now? I mean, I, I know why and why now, because they're there and it's interesting, but it's mm-hmm. I, I really want to know more about like, how are they able to show this on television when it is technically not legal for them to be having it? Mm. So also, this is a Sardinian thing, not a Corsican thing, but Sardinia is like you can like basically look across the ocean and see it from there. So I'm sure people in Corsica have it, too. Uh, I read an article by someone who ate it and they said it tastes like a lot of soft European cheeses and it wasn't terrible. It just kind of, it had a weird mouth feel after you ate it, it kind of coated your whole mouth, which I almost find that grosser than the maggots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How did they describe the dryness? That was Raquel's one comment was that it was very dry. Well, one of the things I noticed, I've never seen this before on The Amazing Race, was that so they got their cars, they got their convertibles, and I noticed as they got into the car, each like what you know when you when you take a really nice Uber. Yes, yes. So <laughs> I don't know if this was uh, just uh, just happened to be a coincidence or because they knew they were going to eat the cheese. The cheese was so dry, and I, I wonder if mm. maybe that's like, hey, like trust us, you're going to want to like uh, like for your own health, uh, you're gonna you know you don't want to drown the maggots after this. But it's a soft-ish cheese. I thought like if you smash it up and put it on bread, it shouldn't be dry. Maybe it was just like you got too much bread in the equation. Oh, is the bread maybe was dry? Sure. Yeah, maybe you have to go to the baker. It's the baker's problem. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, if it's a if it's a traditional French baguette, like that is going to be like you know, it's the kind that like chews your mouth up like Captain Crunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's true. And so and so that's when the the maggots just crawl on in and just like uh you know have a have a good time with it. Oh, speaking of those convertibles, that was cool. I'm, I'm a, I don't know. I'm a sucker for like little changes up in the things, but I, I love the use of the dash cams, right? Because obviously yeah. the, us, the usual method of doing things is that you have, you know, one team member in the front seat driving, one team member in the back seat driving so that your, your cameraman and your sound person can be in the other two seats. And a convertible, there ain't no room for that. And also the top's down. So sound is just like out of the window. And so mm-hmm. I love this idea of instituting the little dash cams as well as like having the follow car right. to, to film them as well. I thought it was a really unique way of, of filming it. So I wonder them an opportunity to change vehicles in between uh, the blip on the amazing race. Uh, so, uh, you know, Phil goes and shoots what two more seasons of tough as nails. Uh, mm-hmm. We have uh, talked extensively about all the conversations in, in the damn van. Jess, do you feel like that? They felt like, okay, well, well I, I don't know exactly what the overlap is between amazing race crew and uh, tough as nails crew, or if it's just like uh, Phil, has a knowledge base of how to do this now that do you think that any part of that was like, we've, we've, we've mastered this on tough as nails. We can do it on the amazing race. Yeah. Well, I think you might, you might even hypothesize that sometimes tough as nails could serve as kind of a test bay for amazing race in that way. I mean, Phil is not as involved in the day-to-day production decisions, but he could have certainly said, Oh yeah, we did this thing with the damn vans and it worked well. And I I am amazed that it did work as well as it did, though, because I feel like putting a dash cam on a convertible 
and not having a sound guy in there, how are you getting anything that anybody is saying? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that they're probably mic'd with lobs on their person. Yeah. And they then, must be, yeah. And then the car, the follow car is probably has the, uh, you know, uh, sound equipment in there. So they're able to hear what they're saying in the car uh, while they're able to get the dash cam uh, and also like the rear view cam uh, from the and, and then also like the the follow car is able to still like film into the car. I am picturing the follow car, like just with like the sunroof open and a giant boom mic mm-hmm. going outside of the car, <laughs> like which over I'm, oversized, yeah. like the size of the car. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like just kind of covering like there's a shadow cast yeah. on the car. Big windscreen. Sure. Yep. Sure. Yeah. So again, technically, uh, they outdid themselves uh, to cover all of this, uh, even if the tasks are not super exciting here uh, in this hour of the amazing race. Just uh, one last thing on the maggot cheese uh, that there was some talk about, like uh, this cheese is so gross. I don't even think the dog would eat the cheese. I don't even think the dog would eat the cheese. But Ryan and Dusty showed up and Dusty had no problem. It's true. Yeah, exactly. So that goes to show that not, you know, not all dogs. Uh, Dusty is no dis- discerning tongue, uh, though. I think Ryan was the one, right? That's like, it's not much worse than what I had in prison, which is just mm-hmm. if we need ever a better statement on our justice system. I think that's what we need to look to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This and is what- also like that's that's the kind of thing that I don't want people saying about local delicacies. <laughs> that's right. That cheese is alive, but it wasn't really anything worse than you get in prison. So Okay. About I mean, equal. I saw Shawshank Redemption. They had bad maggots in the food in Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for all the Tom Wamsgams out there that are uh, researching an upcoming uh, trip to a penitentiary, uh, then you might want to research trying the maggot cheese. Andy Dufresne crawled through five miles of maggot cheese before he got <laughs> over to the other side. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One of the interesting things I thought in this episode, uh, from an editing perspective, I feel like we got a lot of Raquel and Kayla. Kayla, we are coming in first today. Today's our day. Today's our day. You only need to come in first once. We got this. And ultimately, it ends up with them in second place. Uh, Should we be reading anything into uh, this new development in Raquel and Kayla's edit? If anything, the fact that they said they only need to come in first once Mm -hmm. is kind of a it's kind of a tell. They could have made a bigger meal out of that, though. Mm -hmm. I feel like we could have gotten them saying it like directly to the camera not necessarily to each other and they could have you know they could have spotlighted it a little bit harder but i think their strategy this leg which is like just glom onto the team that's in first place Mm -hmm. and stick with them because there's three other teams back there that's a sound strategy Mm -hmm. and then undercut them when they can yeah Mm -hmm. yeah sure i i I'm of a couple of minds about this because it really does, you know, you really look at these as glaring underlines, right? As to a final outcome, especially when we get to the post pit stop thing where they're like, we're getting better every time. You usually don't have teams that are not in the hunt to win saying something about getting better every time exclusively in an interview. And so this was a really big underline for me. It's interesting that it comes out now. I do wonder if part of it is like, we had so much time dedicated to like Akbar and Sherry that now that they're gone, we can finally find out more about teams like mm-hmm. Raquel and Kayla who were a little more under the radar uh, in the first half of the race. That it's just like, 
okay, we're getting to know them more, right? Between them talking about losing their jobs, moving in with their parents uh, as a result of their temporary unemployment, that it's just, it, part of me is saying it's just uh, a, a bit getting to know you. Part of me is saying, yeah, this might be the, the Joey and Kelsey, like it was there the entire time. They're going to pull off a win at the end. I'm, I'm really not sure. And I guess that's a, a, a testament to just how the Amazing Race Endgame is, how, for lack of a better term, kind of fluky it is at the final three, that really we've seen the, the best edited teams come in third place. We've seen some of the worst edited teams come in first place. Let's talk about the detour from uh, this week. Uh, row, row, row your boat or gently down the stream. Now, I don't have a good sense of actually which one was harder. I, I wonder if you didn't work together. I could see uh, gently down the stream actually being a much more difficult task. Jess, does uh, this new uh, uh, sort of rubric that we're working on of the task that sounds easier is actually harder. We saw a lot of the teams opt for gently down the stream. Sounds like a lazy river, nice relaxing afternoon. Uh, I I think that that one was actually probably more difficult. Honestly, yeah, if you were by yourself, it definitely was. Like you said, Rob, if if you have other teams working on it with you, you could knock it out a little bit faster. But also, I think if you've never been kayaking, you could look at row, row, row your boat and say, I don't know if I really want to do that. Oh, but they all have been kayaking. They just went kayaking. Maybe they were all saying, I don't want to do that again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's 100% it because we saw basically except for Ryan and Dusty, like everyone had problems with the kayaking. So if you start another leg and says, all right, go kayaking, you're like, nope, I did that once. Never again, please. You cannot make me go kayaking, even though I would say I think on paper, row, row, row your boat is the better option if you don't have cooperation because it really does seem like, you know, Ryan and Dusty, with the exception of tipping their boat over, were just able to kind of power through it. So if you had the wherewithal to be able to row, row, row your boat, it seemed like the simpler and easier task to do overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you feel like it was a fair assessment to say that the uh, other task was uh, going gently down the stream? Uh, but that body of water did not seem like it was a stream. I don't know what was gentle. It's it looked gentle. It was a gentle <laughs> ride, but it was yeah. clearly an ocean. <laughs> okay. All well, right. I think what you do is what do you do? Do you do row, row, row your boat or one fish, two fish? Would that be the way to go? Hmm. I mean, that doesn't really. Yeah. It doesn't gel, Mike. They don't fit together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another Dr. Seuss thing for kayaking. <sighs> yeah. yeah. And it's Dr. Seuss from France. Uh, I feel like if anything, I think you'd uh, like uh, call the one where you had to pull the fish out one fish, two fish, and the other one be a red fish, blue fish. There you go. Rob. Oh, Rob, that's awesome. We should do that. I don't know if the, uh, the Seuss, you know, uh, society would have sued or mm-hmm. seused for mm-hmm. uh, perhaps, you know, infringement and use of products. But like if they got the rights to do so, I think that is a perfect name for the detour. OK. All right. Let's talk about our teams. Uh, so Penn and Kim, they're going to work with Raquel and Kayla and uh, they're going to work on uh, gently down the stream. Uh, we've heard earlier in the season about uh, Penn's superpowers uh, when uh, just what task was that where he was assembling the puzzle in the first leg, right? Yep. Yeah. And so Kim says Penn has an amazing memory. And we got to see that uh, in uh, this leg of the race. Uh, I recently did a podcast with 
uh, uh, RHAP contributor uh, Jacob Sager Weinstein about Mm. uh, six steps to improve your memory. Uh, And he outlined uh, some different tactics that people can use to try to uh, remember like long lists of things. And I think that uh, what he was suggested was very similar to what Penn ends up doing here of, okay, I got to turn all of the things we have to remember into something else that might be a little bit more memorable. Right. And I think uh, Sophie talked about this a bit as well, right? In one of the Survivor podcasts, when we talk about that that challenge where you have to memorize symbols, right? There's often this idea of like, oh, turn it into a story or like assign a letter to each one and then just remember a string of letters or, or a number as well. That that was the really the real key to unlock it is like this associative memory almost. And it's not just rote memory of memorizing facts. If you have an association to it, then you're much more likely to remember it than just blankly reading it off. Yeah. Although I have to say That's mnemonics. Yeah. The some of the things that they were saying, like, OK, this is that. And it was like uh, the Japanese flag. And it was like, uh, it looked nothing like a Japanese flag. Yeah, I thought the yeah. Japanese was- flag is a white fish with a red dot on it. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because but that was a black and white fish. Yeah, I, was, I agree. <laughs> right. That was one that I sort of cocked my head a bit about. <laughs> All right, well, whatever it took to get them to remember it. Again, if that's what they think the Japanese flag looks like, then that's a great way to remember it. Again, sure. these are not flag experts. We have established this earlier in the Clearly. race. <laughs> Clearly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, though I love the starting the starting the one off as the purple fish was called Barney. I think that was very much like uh, you know, only nineties kids remember purple <laughs> Barney fish. <laughs> okay. So uh, we see Ryan and Dusty, uh, they are going to be the only ones working on the other task uh, that they said that the other hard part about it was uh, like pulling the fish up from the chain. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I imagine these are like I don't actually know if these were like, I don't know, probably some sort of plaster fish or something. But I would imagine they were probably attached to a fairly heavy anchor to like still say submerged. And so I would imagine having to pull all that up to grab the fish is probably intense. But the hardest part for them was clearly uh, Dusty's over exuberance, I would say, just flooding the boat with water. Mm-hmm. Well, it's yeah. down to what the boat, like the construction of the boat, because if you were in a real kayak, that would not be a problem. The water just goes over the top of the boat and you're fine. Like you get a little bit in your lap, whatever. Um, this boat, it was like a skeletal frame of a kayak. Mm-hmm. And every time you tipped it over, like it was, it was like a giant bowl and it just, the bowl filled up with water. It was, I've never seen a kayak like this. Mm-hmm. Well, for Ryan and Dusty, uh, that they were going to get wet, boy. That's what they said. And, uh, they certainly did because, uh, they ended up uh, in the drink, Mike. Yeah, uh, and Dusty was left dog paddling, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But they're able to get back up, right? The infamous Amazing Race edit of, oh no, what's happening? Cut to commercial, cut back from commercial. They're doing okay. I guess it was a little bit, you know, uh, more quality over function to Jess's point that like the big to do about this kayaks were they're transparent. You can see through them. But I guess maybe they sacrificed that in order to, you know, not have water get sluiced into them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Ryan and Dusty, uh, they uh, had a little bit of panic. They flipped the boat over. Uh, They were able to regroup and they didn't lose any fish. They were able to get through it. Uh, They walked away from the task uh, very, very happy. Uh, Here's Dusty. Dude, you murked that, dude. Yeah, Dude, you murked that, dude. What? You what that? Murked. 
Yeah. Murk, murk? Mike, you said it was I mean, a little was murky. murky. Yeah. Yeah, murky water. So maybe that makes sense. Did he, you think he's maybe he said murfed? No, murked. He murked it. Yeah, the murf challenge would be if you had to climb up very high, then you murfed it. Was it is is it like a portmanteau of like magnificent work? No, no. I think oh. you had to, so. I actually uh, uh, looked this up on the Urban oh. Dictionary just to make sure that I knew what I was talking about. Uh, murked is short for uh, like a mercenary. You oh. came in there oh. and you accomplished oh. your task. Ryan is a real Jack Reacher type. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, those guys uh, didn't come back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> those were the guys from the train. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. So, dude, you murk that dude. So, hopefully, we murk we murk this podcast today. Yeah. Is that the sequel to Dude Where's My Car? Dude, you murk that dude. <laughs> dude, you murk that dude. <laughs> I mean, was this before or after Dusty shook himself to get all the water off? Of <laughs> <laughs> it's right before, I think. Yeah. Okay. So, meanwhile, Lulu and Lala and Rune and Natalia, they're going to work together, too. Uh, they had some poor timing. Of They had to, I guess they showed up uh, right when the boat was leaving. Yeah. So, this is, again, like Raquel and Kayla vocalized perfectly at the maggot cheese despite a little bit of drama right when like uh they were following them and Penn speaks his fluent french to to get them there and then they sort of like they miss the turd and raquel and killa don't say they miss the turd but raquel and killa basically vocalize when you're at the front of the pack and there are teams behind you it incentivizes you to work together it does not incentivize you to work together when you are in the back of the pack uh, because in that case, you know, what what position are you getting yourself? In? The best you're doing is putting yourself right in it with the other team, as opposed to the net positive would be if you work by yourself, you have a chance of a leapfrogging. Now, again, it works out in Lulu and Lala's case in that, you know, they are able to beat out Arun and Natalia. But like it, it, it feels uh, incredibly self-destructively selfless for the mm-hmm. two teams that know they are in last place to be like, just work together on this one i'm sure ryan and dusty uh you know the the requisite weak team that they are of this season will surely get tripped up and clearly we will be the ones that are not in last place mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i mean the only other thing i can think of is that maybe they were gambling that whatever the roadblock was they would be better at it but that's a big gamble you don't want to add something else to your stress you still have to do that whether or not you work with the other team yeah, I, I'm just I have uh, the episode open and I'm just uh, looking at the uh, scene where Lulu and Lala hand in their answer. Uh, we see they put up on the screen what Lulu and Lala got wrong. They do not put up on the screen what Arun and Natalia handed in. So I don't know if they all just went up at the same time and like said, here's our thing. Yeah, and in that, but in that case, like we said, that's the wrong thing to do, right? If you're a Rune and Natalia, you're like, hey, you you do your thing first, right? Like, you go see the Wizard of Oz, see if he right. melts you, and then uh, then I'll see how I play my actions based right. on that. And just, didn't Arun and Natalia already learn this lesson the hard way? In the leg that they were limited, again, this is 19 months ago, uh, but uh, where Natalia, well, one of the things they learned was that she gave the answer to a bunch of teams on how to put the bagpipes together and said, oh, and then they all left without her. And then she said, oh, I can't, I can't be helping these other teams. I mean, there was a 19-month layoff. Maybe mm-hmm. she just forgot. Mm-hmm. They forgot they said they weren't going to do that anymore. Oh, I did it again. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Although, it, I, I yeah, mean, in this instance. habits die hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that maybe there was just like a lack of confidence on uh, both of the teams. They're like, okay, there's no way either of us are going to get this. 
We have to yeah. work together. Yeah, I mean, that might have been it. Like, this is how the only way we survive. Mm-hmm. But it's also, it's got to be awkward. Like, if you both choose the same detour and you're both just sitting there. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know how you get through that without, like, at least acknowledging the presence of the other team. Yeah. Well, here's, here's what you do, is especially if you know you have a ringer on your team like Penn. The other person plays defense, right? They're getting in their face being like, can you tell me about where you were born? Like, what's the first memory you have? Mm-hmm. Have you ever fallen in love and just, like, really get personally into their business so that it distracts them from the fish outside while your partner is booking all the fish down in their brain? Or you could even pretend you're working with them, have your partner do the fish duty, and you're just like, oh, I saw that one. That one was green and blue. Oh, mm-hmm. and there's an orange one there. You guys remember these green and blue and orange? And yeah. then you start saying names of colors. Mm-hmm. Does the fact that there was still a roadblock that had to come up uh, change the calculus on this at all? I I mean, I think it does, because I think you have to assume like, I, you know, what I always say is like, you really need to factor in like, there needs to be at least one more task in front mm-hmm, of you right. if you're going to do anything risky. Because maybe it's like, okay, look, let's get, get through this and then let's hope Ryan and Dusty got a flat tire and then maybe they get eliminated on this leg of the race. Yeah, Brian and Dusty, who haven't finished lower than third place, <laughs> they definitely the- did poorly on their task and mm-hmm, they got lost mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we're going to beat them in the roadblock. Sure, sure. We're grasping at straws here. But um, we see the bottom two teams. Uh, they go back. Uh, the, and this time, Mike, they're going to uh, divide and conquer. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Uh, there's four of them. There's 10 fish fairly easily memorized. And yeah. They get it on the second try. What is interesting is we do see Ryan and Dusty. Now, they did get the tipped over canoe, but they did get back at about the same time as Aruna and Natalia and Lulu and Lala got back from their first trip. So if we're talking about a balanced detour, uh, it is unlike the kayak and that it did seem fairly balanced, uh, not mm-hmm. taking on that much water and that it did seem to take fairly the same amount of time provided if you do have some uh, like natural human error that comes with pulling up the fish. Mm-hmm. I wish both of these tasks were 15 times harder because they also had my favorite thing, which is they were right next to each other. Yes. And mm. there could have been the opportunity, like one of these teams needed to be really bad at it so that they would have to switch. Well, just we've seen that a lot uh, post blip. I think that all oh, of the sure. detours have been next to each other where I feel like that. I wonder if there's sort of like one base this camp. Yeah, this is the first time I've actually seen them point at the, I guess the Switzerland one had also had the, the arrow pointing to each of the detours, mm-hmm. but I, I like that. I think that that makes it more exciting as long as it's not a total nothing burger of a task like these were. <laughs> well, I, and I think what it could have been more so was if we remember the first task from the first episode of season 32, right? Wasn't that where they have to like find the two color, the two matching fish and then uh, line up the the lock with the right mm-hmm. numbers to unlock it. Like maybe it was something more of like a two pronged process instead of like, Oh, of course you got all the fish because why would you have missed one of the fish uh, mm-hmm. when the task was to match them? You know, I'm talking about the, the rowing version. Mm-hmm. Then yeah, maybe if there was an extra step involved in there, it, it might've provided an opportunity to at least like change things up a bit to not make four fifths of the team refuse to do it just because they see the word kayak in it. Right. You know, borrow, borrow something from survivor. You know, retrieve a bag of puzzle pieces at every stop and then put your puzzle together. Mm-hmm. 
I think Amazing Race has literally done that task before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do the do the uh, the infamous fish puzzle that Jatia did, right? Where like everything only fits together in one way, and all the fish have to intersect. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. We have all the plastic fish already. How, how's this for a detour? And this is again kind of Survivor inspired. What if there's two different? The detour is two different ways to procure the puzzle pieces, and then the final mm-hmm. challenge is do the puzzle. That's interesting. I really like that. If the detour is like truly two paths that then converge onto a central point, if it's like combining an additional task with a detour, I think could be very fun and then really does help weigh that pros and cons thing of, you know, the final result, what is going to be the fastest way to that final result based on like your own personal preferences. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's talk about the roadblock where who's feeling knotted up? Probably everybody after eating that maggot cheese. Except Ryan and Dusty. Mm-hmm. They have a foam roller. <laughs> they have a foam roller. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure Dusty already has worms. So just add some maggots on top mm, of that. Got to be careful with that. You got to be careful. Or okay. he might be happy because he's already taken his like deworming pills. So he's <laughs> not going to have the worms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, so uh, Phil tells us a hole in your net can be bad for business. That's why we need uh, the racers to fix some holes uh, in the net. Uh, Penn's going to do it. Kayla is going to uh, do it. Uh, this is when Penn is going to uh, put on his glasses. Uh, Kim says, uh, Penn, you're so good with knots. Not. No, Was no. he an Eagle Scout? Because he gives Eagle Scout vibes. Maybe. Maybe. Let me, let me also just say, I know Penn is incredibly self-deprecating, right? I love his comment about how he has to put his glasses on every time Ryan and Dusty take their shirts off to make the balance in the force. But I got to say, I don't know, maybe like it's my own aesthetic i think pen looks really good in those glasses you like, like the glasses okay I really, I really like those glasses like that's actually my preferred style of glasses is like that that thick rim like i have blue light glasses and i i specifically requested that style i don't know what it is maybe it's like the long face i just really like the the thick framed glasses okay. i actually have a pair of those i just couldn't find them this morning so i have different ones on yeah yep this here's what pen said he said that yeah i mean these things have come in handy the ladies, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I actually don't know what he means. I don't like Amazing Race porn music. Just like <laughs> Second week in a row, put that, right? Put that back on the show anymore. Three is not yeah. the charm. Did they yeah. did they borrow that music from like Survivor Rib Rib music? <laughs> well, I don't know. Well, Rob, if you play it again, does it not sound like the beginning of Freak? <laughs> yeah, I mean these things have come in handy. For the ladies, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Okay. And Doesn't then- it kind of sound like it? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me see. Okay, here here we go. Man. You are free. I'm a free. Let's get freaky. Oh, you are free. I'm a free. It don't have to be me. You are free. I'm a free. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes if you're a freak, uh, you do know how to tie knots. Fair point, Rob. Yeah. Okay. Why do you think Penn did so well in it? Yeah. Uh, but Penn, I mean, this episode, uh, he, he ties knots, uh, speaks French, uh, has superpowers in terms of uh, memorization. Penn might be a superhuman. I mean, they are doing extremely well. Mm-hmm. They have never been in danger of getting eliminated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Probably uh, the low moment uh, was when uh, the, he, he had the clue. I was like, this was too easy. <laughs> this can't be yeah. this easy. It's yeah, true. We have. I, you have to have them. 
mm-hmm. as, your, as your as your pick to win. Like right now, they are the clear front runners. Mm-hmm. Um, even Ryan and Dusty are up there, but you know they're probably going to go through a public place with squirrels and it's just all going to go to hell for yeah. them. Yeah. I'd say it's probably even if you were going to like, uh, try to prognosticate, uh, you know, Ryan and Dusty, uh, Kim and Penn, like, like are Ryan and Dusty just in a slump right now? I mean, I think they did not benefit from the fact that again, things felt pretty hamstrung in this, like, the Ryan and Dusty, yeah, where they had no opportunity to ascend past third place, right? Mm-hmm. Just because of the fact of the, the group departure and Kim and Penn and Raquel and Kayla working together for most of the leg, they had no opportunity to be able to pass them up. So I think Ryan and Dusty are probably still chalk number one, but P- Kim and Penn are very quickly becoming number two. I mean, let's look at the facts. There have been seven legs so far. Except for the first leg, every other leg has been won by either Ryan and Dusty or Kim and Penn. I think we're mm-hmm. really getting into like a season nine hippies and frat bros situation. Yeah. Unfortunately. Back and forth, back and forth. Okay. So, all right. Um, we see uh, Penn is working on his knots. So is, uh, so is Kayla. Uh, Ryan and Dusty uh, get there. Uh, they're going to go and work on it. Um I actually played that clip at the uh, wrong moment. Uh, so uh, Dusty said Ryan murked this challenge. Oh, okay. So he didn't murk the other. He challenge. didn't murk because they, they were doing I mean, it together. That didn't make as much yeah, sense. They flipped more, the boat more over. Of a co-murk yeah, this was the murk. This, you murked is, that dude. Yeah, you murked that dude, dude. You murked that dude. I feel like any task where you're sitting quietly doing something small with your hands, I don't know if you can label that murking. <laughs> you murk that net, dude. Yeah, you murked that coloring book. You murked that <laughs> well, needlepoint. I mean, if if there is one person to create excitement out of the most undamned activities, it it's is us. indeed Dusty. Oh. I don't know if you caught another <laughs> Dustyism in the beginning of the leg where he talked about how, uh, you know, we need to get back to what we know how to do, which is sticking together. And I think breaking our foot in front of other people is, I believe, what he said. Wow. So I don't know if he's prognosticating like a Dave and Connor situation uh, or maybe it's more like I'm going to break my foot in your ass in terms of like a physical threat. But mm-hmm. that was another odd phrase that came across yeah. my plate this or week. Or maybe I'm throwing brakes on other people behind me. Mm-hmm. Oh, that could be it as well. Like I'm making other people break because I'm so speedy. I'm weaving through the lanes. Yeah, it's like a Mario Kart uh, banana peel. Yeah, or the shell. Mm-hmm. We could throw it backwards. Sure, sure. Okay, so all right, uh, Ryan, he's working on uh, his net. Uh, Penn gets it first. Forgot he was wearing the glasses uh, with the celebration uh, that they the waits for uh, for Kayla, right? Do they wait? No, I, they they, they run off. I believe they, Ra- Raquel and Kayla. I think they finish if- soon afterwards, and they're like, oh, you know, they ran off in this direction. The, the Raquel and Kayla, Penn and Kim stuff, really only culminates in the very beginning right where again Penn and kim help navigate where to get to they miss the turn raquel and kayla make the turn kim and Penn are pretty peeved raquel and kayla feel bad they stick behind to wait for kim and Penn after the cheese and now everything is fine so that is the short-lived drama of this episode of the amazing race yeah we got we got to get something in there really hard up for drama this week mm-hmm. let's talk about uh the route info run to the next pit stop uh, Phil tells us, well, you've heard of the White Cliffs of Dover. Have we? Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. a thing. I didn't, I didn't know. What, what, what's so great about the, what's about the White Cliffs of Dover? They're 
the first thing you see when you're leaving the European continent to go to the British Isles and um, they are, you know, there's a famous poem about Dover Beach. There mm-hmm. is, um, if you've seen the movie Help, there's a running gag about the White Cliffs of Dover. Okay. I'm pretty sure there's also a song about the White Cliffs. It's, it's one of those like 1940s yeah. like wartime songs, but I'm pretty sure there's a song about the White Cliffs mm-hmm. of Dover. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. As uh, popular as Donald Wears Your Trousers? I mean, it might More. have been the, the British equivalent. More. Okay. Donald Wears Your White Cliffs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the White Cliffs of Bonifacio. That's where we will have our pit stop for this leg of the race. Uh, so get there and then race up and look for Napoleon to, to point you in the right direction. We couldn't afford a sign. So here, sir. Here, Maurice, please dress up in this Napoleon costume and just point where to go. Yeah. I feel like a sign would have been cheaper. Mm-hmm. It's just so bleu. odd. It's like, look for Napoleon. Like, oh, it's over there. Also, I should not be here. I should be exiled. Mm-hmm. I should be bowling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, eating guess, a giant bowl of ice cream. Uh, no. I should be a Ziggy Piggy eating my maggot cheese. Noted uh, Napoleon <laughs> impersonator uh, Billy Garcia was not available. <laughs> Oh, I forgot about the Napoleon <laughs> Billy part. Sacre bleu, you have eliminated. <laughs> so That's a deep pull, guys. Very deep. Only 90s kids will remember <laughs> reality game masters. <laughs> you can Google it. Okay. Uh, just it's like Napoleon was just like standing around and then you had to find him and then and then he would point to where where to go. I guess. Seemed like there was only I one path, it looked like. Yeah, it was like go up the stairs or go down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Okay. I did love the directions in that I've not seen a more like uh, climactic cut to an external shot of a pharmacy. I think than the amazing grace of like, oh, we found the pharmacy, the pharmacy, course, the pharmacy mm-hmm. that should guide us to where the pit stop is to our our assumptive first place. Mm-hmm. It's like half. That's more exciting than half the scenes in the Goonies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, the pharmacy! We found the pharmacy! We found the pharmacy! The alleged pharmacy. <laughs> okay, uh, so Kim and Penn, they make it to the mat. They are team number one. Here's some infusion from Stefan. <laughs> Is he like the Steph- Stefan, the mixologist? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plague had everything. Yeah, of this course. Drink has everything. Maggot cheese. <laughs> Sweat. Ceramic no, we fish. said we wanted mac and cheese. No, <laughs> I refuse. That's not artistic enough. We're in France. We're in Corsica. We're amongst the limestone cliffs mm-hmm. of, of of the equivalent of Dover. What do you think we're doing here? Yeah, it's got the Bonifacio fishing net. And that's when you have to sit on the dock and tie little tiny knots in a fishing net. Yeah. <laughs> Jess, has this been the booziest season of The Amazing Race? Honestly, I've not seen many amazing, amazing race seasons where you had to do booze more than once. Mm-hmm. I, there have been ones where you have to serve beer and you're not not allowed to drink it. And there was one where you had to do a shot of vodka off of a off of like a ice slide. But mm, ice luge, yeah, yeah, it's mm-hmm. not something that they've weave into the narrative in quite this way. And I'm all for it, honestly. You know, I. I have long gone on record as saying we need to have more tasks where you have to do a shot every time you get it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that maybe the alcohol uh, was like, in case any of those maggots are still around, let's just, you know. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Yeah. What, what do you think? There's like pesticide in there? Oh, well, it was alcohol. Like malaria pills? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, mm-hmm. All right. 
Penn and can win a trip to Turkey. Yeah, Antalya, Turkey is one of the world's like most visited tourist spots. Like randomly, Americans don't go there very often, but mm-hmm. I did a bunch of research on Turkey when we were thinking about going there. And now, of course, we don't really travel anymore, but mm-hmm. uh, it looks like a cool place. They've got cool beaches. They have some really wacky looking hotels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talia Turkey sounds like the protagonist in a children's book. <laughs> or, or like a Batman villain. <laughs> what does Talia Turkey do to Batman, Mike? Ah, uh, gobble, gobble. <laughs> okay. Michael. Uh, <laughs> then the giant mouth he gobbles him down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Uh Raquel and Kayla, they are team number two. Okay. Uh so they are uh pretty pretty happy. Second second place finish in a row for Raquel and Kayla. I mean, good for them. Yeah, I mean, good for them. We mentioned this before, right? This is like the 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 clip that they cut to ominously of like, hey, we're getting better. This couldn't mean something as short-sighted as they come in first next leg could possibly mean they come in first four weeks from now. But still, Raquel and Kayla, I mean, again, I'll say that it's been fairly clear since the blip that there is a top echelon of teams. And though Raquel and Kayla, I think, are number three in the power rankings right now, uh, still a good spot. You know, that's guaranteed final leg if everything plays out right. Yep. And we did have a little bit. I don't know if this is any foreshadowing that uh, Penn and Kim said, we want to go to the final three with Raquel and Kayla, but then we're going to beat them. Yeah, this could be one of those meat shield situations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure because unlike last season, right, which was much more of a hand-picked final three in a manner of speaking, due to the strategic devices that were implemented, you can't really pick your partners on the amazing race. I mean, you quite literally can, but like outside of your initial partner. So I mean, I do feel like one of the things that is missing from this season of the race are like the interpersonal dynamics. I feel like we got that a bit last week with how everybody felt about Ryan and Dusty, but this came out of nowhere for me. I mm-hmm. didn't even think that like Kim and Penn and Raquel and Kayla even spoke to each other on the race, let alone now having these conversations of, oh, we want to run in the final three together. Yeah. Well, this is different from last season, too, because there are three teams that are clearly a little bit better suited for the race than the teams behind them. And not that the other teams don't have really their own strengths and weaknesses, but it sure seems like you don't need a mine five in a situation like this race. Mm-hmm. Like you're yeah. going to go to the final three with them anyway. And it's maybe it behooves you to pretend that that's how you wanted it the whole way. That's interesting. I mean, I know that you can't ask amazing race teams this just because of their general niceties and because things are out of their control. But I do wonder if you ask like a Kim and Penn, who would you have wanted to go to the final three with? Would it be the same thing or would it be like, Oh, Akbar and Sherry and Arun and Natalia. Mm-hmm. You know, this idea of like, would you rather win with arguably worse competition or be in a more even squad of people that whose company you enjoy? Mm-hmm. Would you rather win and be with teams that are not loved or lose and be with teams that you do love? You do, or do you like the relationship with your teams that you have right <laughs> or now? Or would you rather eat cheese covered in mosquitoes? <laughs> <laughs> or okay. do you like, or do you enjoy the relationship with your cheese mosquitoes that at this mm-hmm. moment? Mm-hmm. 
Okay. All right. So uh, we get to uh, uh, Ryan and Dusty. They check in. They are team number three. It's all going to come down to uh, Lala and Lulu uh, versus Arun and Natalia. Uh, they both get to the Nets. Uh, Lala and Natalia work on the Nets. Um, we hear that Lulu and Lala's dad actually worked on the ocean, Jess. So uh, is this a 5 hole? It It feels like... You really, they should have been testing all of them like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, eventually, uh, they both are going to get it. It's going to come down to a, uh, a race to the mat. So uh, Lulu and Lala, they stop and get directions. Arun and Natalia are uh, left to their own uh, defenses. Yeah, yeah uh, this could have been a good thing or a bad thing. Mm-hmm. That's the thing is like, that's always the gamble in the amazing race, right? Especially if you're in a race for last place is do you stop and make sure that you know the directions costing you precious time or do you run off possibly risking the fact that you get lost, but also not wasting any time by asking for directions here. But it ends up working out for Lulu and Lala. We should also note here that I believe Arun and Natalia beat Lulu and Lala to the nets, but Lala passes Natalia on the roadblock. Natalia has a tough time with the Nets. And so that's one of the few reasons I think why Arun and Natalia end up in last place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they seemed like it was a very close finish uh, where uh, Lulu and Lala are still at the mat uh, when uh, Arun and Natalia come up. You never know though. I mean, Jess, you might, you might clarify this. I feel like especially nowadays, they probably keep them on the mat for like, I don't know, 15, maybe 20 minutes before the next team arrives. Cause I think Phil wants to also sort of get the other team's reaction to that team checking in. Yeah, I mean, they used to have it like all the teams were kind of hanging out there. Like you've seen, you've seen legs where a beloved team comes in last and then all the teams come out and like give them hugs and say goodbye to them. So I think they're not far away. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, go over to the craft services, have a drink, and we'll call you when the other team's coming so that we can have this moment. You could easily manufacture that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Phil. Talks to Arun and Natalia about how they are not been eliminated. They get so many chances. Uh, They will be back once again for another leg as the final five. And an interesting note to end the episode on as we get like a little bit of a conflict going on here between Arun and Natalia, right? Like Arun takes this very cautious idea of like, we've got so many chances. Let's not pass it up. And Natalia's like, no, but we come into every leg like pumped, ready to go. Like, I know we can do this. And so I think Natalia is coming in, I think, with the much more like big optimistic attitude of like, we bring it every leg. We're going to succeed in this. But Arun's like, I, I mean, listen, I've seen this happen a few times before on this <laughs> race. I think we need to be cautious about things. Yeah. I think they probably might need an adjustment. They they need to reflect and examine. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, it's the third time in this, uh, in seven legs, right? Yeah. Bill like, is disappointed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the greeter didn't have to go home this time, luckily. <laughs> the greeter was the best. That's progress, right? I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, did, did, uh, maybe the dog. The dog left in the uh, the the leg where I think it was with uh, with Michael and Mo. Or no, it was when Arun and Natalia ended up finishing in last last time. Yes. Maybe this time there was a dog attracted to the cheese and to the infusions of it all that it would never leave. It actually just stuck around the entire time, much to their chagrin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wanted to sniff Dusty. 
<laughs> sniff his butt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's what that's where they like to do it. That's for sure. That's, that is the thing they do. <laughs> yeah, um, because uh, yeah, the last time that they checked in at the band, Phil had to say, "Talia, you're a little late." In fact, so late that our greeter had to go. Yeah. <laughs> So the greeter actually got to stay this time. All right. Yeah. And that's maybe the maybe the pit stop was at Stefan's house, so that way he didn't have an excuse to go home. Right. <laughs> yes. He's like, no, 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 it's happening in your backyard. This is a house party, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And that's Corsica. Yep. Yeah. It certainly is. Okay. So did we get uh, the departure times? Is it the same groupings as this episode, where it's going to be uh, Penn and Kim and Raquel and Kayla are in the first group, and the other three are in the back? Looks like it. Sounds like it. Okay. I would imagine so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I'd, otherwise Phil would have made a distinction of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd imagine the same thing. Now it's going to be a little different because we are flying to another country. So at least in this case, it's going to be not necessarily like, Hey, keep going and stay grouped together. We are at least in a different setting. So hopefully this means things will get shaken up a bit more. Okay. Let me give the amazing race a pitch for the amazing race charter. Okay, Uh, we are going to modify the plane a little bit. Okay, first team to arrive. You are sitting in first class. Okay, you have seats. They recline. Maybe it's the seats where they have. You could you could lay down and sleep on the plane. Boom. Second to arrive, you are in business class. Okay, uh, okay, still, it's pretty good, pretty swanky. Not as good, uh, you know. You could still, you know, maybe the seats don't go all the way back. Okay, uh, third group, you're in coach. Okay, uh, you are sort of like a, you know, in with uh, all the normies on the plane, and then the last team to arrive. No speed bump, but you are sort of like last row of the plane. Uh, back by the bathroom, uh, you know, every time somebody goes in and out of the bathroom, they're bumping into you, uh, you know, you got to sit next to the bathroom, the whole flight. It's not great. I'll, I'll add, I'll one up that last placed has to stay with the pets in the <laughs> cargo hold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, be no problem for dusty. It's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dusty's already there. He's already there. <laughs> Ryan checks him in. Yeah. But (laughs) for the other teams, yeah, that'd be, uh, you know, look, uh, I think that uh, maybe we'd be doing some stuff with the plane. Yeah, like that, or even just being close to the front, because you know, like for years, people would say you try to get the seats as close to the front as possible so that you can get off the plane first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think you're traveling yeah. with the whole crew here, and yeah. I think you're waiting for like the production equipment to come through and everything like that. So, um, right. So, so the the first place team is going to do the thing where, like, as soon as the plane touches down, right, they're going to stand up, even though they have nowhere to go, and they're just mm-hmm. going to be chomping at the bit. So maybe just to reduce that anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's actually an interesting question because I feel like that you know in the Amazing Race you assume that there are other uh, groups that are that have gone ahead. Uh, do, do you think that the whole entire production traveled together from one spot? to the next i think so yeah okay yeah and i mean by whole production like they have a lot of field teams out there so i would imagine that like those teams are certainly staying in their specific countries but otherwise yeah i would imagine like phil you know bertram and elise uh you know the the general camera crews and sound people as well are probably all getting on that plane together i mean they rented a 757 they better fill that up if they want to you know make their money back okay all right next time uh do we know where we're headed greece Ah, okay. They go together to Greece. Okay. 
All right. Uh, we're going to Greece and uh, we get teased that uh, Raquel is going to have some problems uh, putting together some sort of Greek food. Yeah, it looks like Dolmades. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're the the grape stuffed grape leaves. Yeah, the, the grape leaves. It's some, something wrapped in grape leaves. Yeah. yeah. And it seems like that we have maybe is this amazing race history? Looks like that Lulu and Lala are going to go check in at the mat before they have completed their tasks. It's not history. It's happened before. It's at happened least before. Twice. Okay. Yeah, we've seen we've seen teams accidentally stumble upon the pit stop and realize that they missed the clue to go to the pit stop. We saw the case with uh, Rachel and Dave from season 20, right, where they even got to the finish line and Phil was like, turn around and actually do the roadblock. So, yeah, they, we've certainly have seen it a couple of times over the course of the race, but not not recently. Not recently. OK, so Lulu and Lala are uh, about to join a very exclusive club next time on The Amazing Race. Anything else Amazing Race related to talk about this week? There's really not a lot of Amazing Race stuff to talk about in general this week, Rob. Mm -hmm. Mike, do we know how many weeks are left? Yeah, so I believe we have 11 legs left. So I think this... 11 legs left! What? This is in Australia, Mike. It's days. We're bringing everyone back. Michael and Mo are coming back. Yeah. Are, are you are you counting time. the legs of the people that are on the show? Is that uh, where you get 11 <laughs> legs from? Yeah, only 11 legs will be left of the race. Uh, no, so sorry. We have 11 legs total. So this was just leg seven. seven. So, so Wednesday the 16th should be the first leg in Greece, which I'm assuming is going to be an elimination. So that takes us down to four teams. I'm assuming then we're going to have an episode on Wednesday, the 23rd, which is going to be still in Greece. That is going to be our final four. And I think that's going to be a non-elimination because then March 2nd, the week after, is going to be, I'm assuming, a two-hour finale where we're going to get our last two legs of the penultimate leg in Lisbon, Portugal, which is going to eliminate the fourth place team. And then, of course, the final leg back in the United States. So, yeah, I believe, uh, what's that count? Three weeks left of The Amazing Race? Yeah. Okay, so uh, you're expecting a two-hour finale on March 2nd. Yeah, because, I mean, they have 11 legs to Mm -hmm. fill. They could, you know, rejigger things where maybe they do a non-elimination leg in the penultimate leg, but it's been a very long time since we've had that, not since the days of the surprise Final Four in Amazing Race 25 and 26 after we had that. So I I would imagine they like to eliminate a team right before the the finish line here. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, so uh, yeah, we're closing in. I feel like that uh, nobody's more tapped into CBS reality than Mike Bloom. I mean, it, it really is like in like a lion the the month of March. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. it's all really coming together. Like we are in the middle of this superstorm at the moment, and uh, I'm feeling a little wind blown, but happy at the same time. I'm trying to murk it as best as I can. Okay, you you are murking it, dude. So have no have no fear. Okay, thanks, dude. Um, Jess, uh, anything uh, fun coming up for you? Uh, well, this week, um, okay, ages and ages ago, I recorded a podcast with the great Mario Lanza for his Staff Picks podcast, and he finally was able to drop that this week. And so, what film we, did you discuss? We discussed the film, the 1999 film Ed TV. Yes, with oh. Matthew McConaughey, and it was really so much of that movie predicted what reality tv became and so much of it was wrong so we had a really good time talking about like what what is something that they do that's completely radical in that movie that we don't think twice about anymore Mm -hmm. and what is um you know what did they get wildly wrong about it and it was really 
I haven't seen that movie, but it's pretty much since it came out, but I remembered loving it when it came out and it, it, it mostly holds up. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you can find that on his staff picks podcast. And I think you just search the Apple store or the podcatcher of your choice and it will be there. All right. Mike, what's coming up for you? <laughs> oh boy. All right. Well, let, let's, let's appeal to like the main to do right yesterday, about 24 hours ago, I want to be sedated in survivor <laughs> content. Uh, yes, that was a shoehorned in Ramones reference. Uh, mm-hmm. But the cast of Survivor 42 dropped one month prior to the premiere. Rob, you and I got together to do like quick one hour assessment about the cast as well as talk about our own predictions as to like how much is going to carry over from season 41 to season 42. And then this morning, you and I got together for our first of three cast assessments in podcast form Mm -hmm. i am doing interviews daily with the cast members of survivor 42 actually at the time we are recording this two are already out at parade.com one with uh chanel howell who is an executive recruiter and one with a post show recaps friend daniel strunk who is a law clerk so those are coming out two every day for the next nine days so if you're into survivor you want to learn a lot about these contestants these are the places to go on top of, of course, the coverage I'm doing of Celebrity Big Brother and all the stuff going on on Post Show Recast. Probably most prominently, uh, the, the book of Boba Fett had its big finale yesterday. People had a lot of thoughts. And so it was myself, our Philly, and Latanya Starks made her return to talk all things Star Wars, which really is sort of like the, the subtitle for the show proper. So many, many things happening. <laughs> the book like, of Boba Fett, all things Star it. Wars. Yeah, the catch, the catch all for the Star Wars story of the week. Yeah, like we, we, you know, we sewed all the holes in the net. And now we're going to catch yeah. some Star Wars fish. What you didn't know is that the book of Boba Fett was an anthology. <laughs> exactly. That it was like, uh, oh, I didn't realize this character was going to have a chapter in this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's how they, that's how they get you. OK. Um, all right. Well, boy, it's almost three o'clock. I've podcast with Mike Bloom about four hours so far today. Uh, what a what, what a wonderful uh, Thursday uh, this has been. What a life we lead on the RHAP podcast. <laughs> for sure. Theme. For sure. Uh, okay. Only the second of four podcasts for me today. Uh, I have the slop coming up. I'll be talking about lots of different subjects, too. I will be talking about uh, all things sloppy from the world of Celebrity Big Brother. Uh, we're going to be uh, live with that for the patrons of Rob's Podcast uh, today. Um, I, I can tell you what time it's going to be, but it will already be over by the time uh, that you uh, are going to be listening to this podcast. But if you want to catch the replay, Play, uh, head on over to Robin's website.com slash patron where Chappelle will join me uh, to co-host the show. Uh, our friend Josh Wiggler will join me to talk about his thoughts on Celebrity Big Brother, a.k.a. Wig Brother. And my wife, uh, Nicole Sestrina, will join us to share some of her anecdotes of meeting different members of the Celebrity Big Brother 3 cast later on today for that make sure you subscribe to rob's podcast so you don't miss anything we're doing with survivor amazing race big brother joe millionaire and beyond that's all at rob's website.com slash subscribe thank you so much for watching we'll be back next week take care everybody have a good one bye